0: Things share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves?
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to Girlfriend It. We've got a great show today. If you're a complainer or you know a complainer, which let me just say, we might know uh, a couple complainers, and no, I'm not going to say any names right now, but we'll we'll sh- throw Sherry and Christina under the bus a little bit later. Anyway, today our guest is Kim Wall. She wrote. She and her husband actually wrote the book, The Complaining Cure, uh, How to Quit Grumbling, Stop Complaining, and Find Abundant Joy. Kim is a mother of three, grandmother of three, and co-pastor of the River Church uh, in Michigan. But here's what's interesting. She has an extremely heavy southern accent. So when you're confused by that, as we were, now you'll know she's from Louisiana originally. So, uh, Kim... Not to complain yes, or ma'am. anything, but uh, <laughs> I've got some issues with Sherry and Christette today.
2: Just, you know, not doing the
1: job, not stepping up. <laughs> but I, I'm so interested that you and your husband did this book together. Um, was it because he's a chronic complainer and you just had enough and you said, you know, we need to do this together?
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, that <laughs> is not the too. story. But it would be a good story, wouldn't it? Yes. Um, we we wrote the book because of a journey that we were on. Um, and it's not something, I mean, this is really not a popular topic, right? You know, uh, because we, we like to complain, we're comfortable with complaining, and we don't want anybody to point that out. Yeah. So it's not something that we intentionally went into. I happened to be leading a women's discipleship group, um, and the year was 2017, and I was on my way to the group, and Holy Spirit just kind of dropped in my heart, the scripture, Philippians 2.14, do everything without complaining. So I I didn't have any time to prep or anything, and I thought, well, it'll be a great discussion for today, because the verse is super short, do everything without complaining. So I just presented the verse to the group, and we began to talk about it, and we talked about it, and we talked about it, and several months later, we were still on that one verse as Holy Spirit just began to open up our hearts and our minds to all the spidering uh, tentacles, let's say, of complaining. And it was several months later, one of the women in the group said, well, you know, when my husband and I are going through a, a really difficult season, we'll have a negativity found. And so as she said that, boom, Holy Spirit just zinged to my heart and said, issue a challenge to go seven days without complaining. And so I did. And We were all excited about it because we've been talking about it for several months. And we thought, man, we got this. We're going to nail it. It's going to be good. And we went through seven days. Uh, Every morning, I sent out a little devotion by text to our group. And at the end of the seven days, we were absolutely wrecked um, because we were beginning to put into practice all the things that we had talked about for all of those months. And we just didn't realize how deep all of that went. So it was such a great experience. My husband said, you know, in November, we've got this series that we're going to have me and my big mouth. Why don't you talk about this for for that series and let's take the whole church to the challenge. So we did. It was great. Everybody loved it. It was super positive. And at the end, we just kind of went, you know, oh, that was good. All right, what's next? Yeah. Well, what was next? Uh, was the next week we found out that the parsonage we had been living in for four years contained toxic levels of mold and formaldehyde. Oh, my goodness. And we were devastated. Uh, We lost almost everything. We discovered this explains all of the unexplained sickness that we had been going through for quite some time. And as we are standing there just reeling from the shock, Holy Spirit said to both of us, this is what all of the months and all of the challenges were about—complaining. You oh. needed to be prepared for this, so we just—we're just overwhelmed by the goodness of God as He just prepared our hearts for such a, a hard season. You know, because if we had not already been through that, it would have been very difficult for us to make the commitment not to complain, and we would right. have complained, and we would have been very negative. And that would have just, uh, suffocated us and we would not have successfully navigated through that season. So as we were going through all of that, it's the Lord just said, I want y'all to write all this down and, and I want you to share with other people what we, what I have given you, um, so that other people can be free, can experience the freedom that you are experiencing and that you're growing in. So that's where the book came from. Mm.
1: Wow. Okay. So there's so much there. Wow.
2: Um, oh man. I, th- that you just said a bunch, Kim. I mean, you kind of like blow my mind. I mean, negativity fast. You've got a house that's like toxic. You've got a husband who like let's do this together. I mean, that's that's a bunch of things there to just go. Th- that's amazing. Amazing, Kim. Go go ahead, Deb. Go ahead. Well, no. I just I I, I feel like I'm exhausted.
1: Just that. Here- <laughs> 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 this, is, this is like so much. I don't know how in the world were you able to not be your, you and your husband down each other's throats about this? Because I mean,
3: that's some tough stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, because we had spent all of those months talking about this, you know, of course he's not in my women's discipleship group, but I'm sharing with him the stuff that we're talking about. And right. I, when, when, we decided as a group that we were going to do this challenge to go seven days without complaining. I said to him, you're going to do this with me because I'm not going to be the only one who's not going to say, you know, complaining words. He's going to withhold that right. because if if it's like, if I can't have ice cream, you can't have ice cream. It's that same idea. <laughs> so if I can't complain, you can't complain. And he was like, okay, that's cool. I'll do it with you. And, and so both of us really, just experience such uh, conviction. Um, I, neither one of us would have called ourselves negative people before all of this started. Mm-hmm. I probably would have identified as a realist, you know, mm-hmm. the glass is not half empty. It's not half full. It's just um, halfway, you know, yeah. and I would have said that I'm a pretty positive person, but in this, I realized like the Lord was wanting to fine tune my heart and shift mm-hmm. my perspective and begin to show me things. So because we had been so inundated in that, and, and the Lord had done such a work in us, as this whole, you know, drama was unfolding, we call it the blight of 17, so as this whole blight thing was unfolding in front of us, we just looked at each other, and we just knew, and, and we said, we cannot complain, we cannot do this, because mm-hmm. He has given us too much, He's told us too much, we we know too much. step Mm -hmm. into this with any other attitude. Now, there were days that I was like, I I can't talk about, I can't talk to you right now. Because if I talk, stuff's going to come out of my mouth that shouldn't come out of my mouth. And I'm going to have to work this out with Jesus first before I can really have a conversation about that. So there were Mm -hmm. definitely those moments. And there were times when complaining words might leak out of our mouth. But fortunately, the other person was in a good place at that moment and could say, hey, you might want to stop and just because you're slipping off the edge there. Can you you
4: know, give us an example of what that looked like in a day of how you and your husband would have how you would have caught yourself um, in certain words or thoughts that would describe more of, of what you were struggling with or trying to overcome in the complaining area.
3: Sure. Um, and here's a perfect example of as we're trying to live this whole thing out, and what is the most difficult thing we probably have ever been through? We were now looking for a house. It's December. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot on the market in December. We are living in, there, there are some people that go to our church, and they had a warehouse that had like a small apartment in it. Um, and so they had offered to let us stay there because we didn't have anywhere to go. Um, and we're looking for a house. And so there's not a whole lot to see. And with every house, we're just getting a little bit more discouraged. And we finally go to see this one house and it is magnificent. It is so beautiful. I walk in the door and I just immediately fell in love with it. And my mind just starts to fill with all the things that we could do and what it would mm-hmm. look like and how we could make it our own. So we made an offer on it. And then we were having it inspected. So uh, now I've, I've you know, place myself as living in this house because I've imagined so many things and we're just so excited and feeling very hopeful in a, in a season that's, you know, very difficult. And so we go to have it inspected and we are there with the inspector and he finds mold in the walls and in the attic. And when he tells us that, I just look at Bill and the tears just start coming yeah. And he says to me, it's okay. It's okay. And, and I just, I wanted to say so many things. And I just thought, I can't speak right now because good things, not good things will come out of my mouth. Yeah. So, you know, he just encouraged me and said, it's going to be all right. So we withdrew our offer because our real estate agent was there. We get in the car and I can't do anything. I can't say anything. I'm just crying. I'm just crying. And he's trying to encourage me. And at one point he realizes I should probably just be quiet because my encouragement is kind of going to get on her nerves here. And she just needs to, you know, I just need to let Holy Spirit do this and and step out of that. And I really did not say much of anything for the rest of the day. And uh, because I was just struggling with disappointment and of all the things that could be wrong with the house, it's mold. you know? So I was just shocked and just completely uh, disappointed. And so I go to bed that night, and and he encourages me one last time before we go to bed, and I wake up in the middle of the night, and it's Holy Spirit whispering to my heart, do you want to talk about this, or do you want to just sit in it? Mm. And I knew that if I didn't talk about it with him, I was going to get stuck here. Um, So I got up, I went to the living room, and I sobbed and and poured my heart out and listened, and then I cried and listened, and then I talked some more and listened some more. It was several hours of going back and forth, of, of mm. choosing not choosing to, to be thankful that it was discovered on the front end and not mm-hmm. on the back end after yeah. we had already purchased it. It was choosing to be thankful that um, God had something different and that it would be better not necessarily more magnificent, more expensive, um, more whatever, but just it would be good Mm -hmm. and that we would have God's best if we just waited for Him. It was choosing to let go of that and surrender that house to Him and then embrace um, the unknown because there wasn't something else waiting in the wings and then embracing that. And that was quite the process, and it was just a matter of me choosing when it was over to let that go and Mm. not complain about the whole experience, you know. Mm. And so that, I mean, that was real life, boots on the ground, let's put our money where our mouth is type of experience for me. Wow.
2: Wow. Uh, You know, Kim, you mentioned in Chapter 2 the science of words that criticism is epidemic. Can you unpack that more and tell, tell us what you mean by that? Um,
3: sure. And I think probably we have a better idea of epidemic considering the culture that we're currently living in. And, mm-hmm. and what we mean by that is just criticism is everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. You cannot go anywhere and not hear criticism. About right. something. It, it's I just- know and I'm so tired of
2: it, Kim. It just wears me out. Can I just complain about it? I'm so sick of everywhere I go. <laughs> Everyone's negative. Everyone's sad. The whole world is sad. Politics are sad. I'm tired of the maths. I'm tired of I'm tired of everything, Kim.
1: <laughs> uh Sherry needs the challenge desperately. <laughs> I really think we need to maybe just get off the show right now and just get her in the challenge. <laughs>
3: that is hilarious
1: (laughs) but it's so true you are not alone it is so true you go and um, I was somewhere the other day and the woman said to me "Um, mask you know my mask had fallen down below my nose for a second I I really I I thought some very ugly thoughts I didn't go directly to the Holy Spirit and ask if he wanted to talk about it I wanted to sit in it (laughs) And then I wanted to sit in it really close to her. So she got the Holy
3: Spirit. I think we have all had those struggles recently. It It has just been, I mean, it's not like we were writing this book in 2018 when the world was, quote, normal. Well, it was rampant then. Now it's like on steroids. Mm -hmm. And it's just. Out of control. It's almost like we view um, criticism as uh, a national pastime, you know, because we enjoy it so much and we engage in it so much. And to y'all's point, it's it's in politics. It's about fashion. Um, it's about food. We just created this culture that loves to find fault and point of finger and ridicule absolutely everything, and nothing is off limits. Um, yeah. And it's it's if we're watching TV, if we're on social media, if we're having casual conversation with people that we know, if if it's British chatting with people in the line down at the Walmart, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. And it's become so common in our culture that we don't even recognize it anymore. In fact, it seems perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. If you don't complain about the weather, if you're not complaining about a political figure or uh, an entertainment, you know, media figure then something's wrong with you um, if if you're not engaged in it somehow. Mm, mm. What
2: what I find, well, I'll do when I'm around everyone who's complaining. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Everywhere, everything. Uh, So sometimes, you know, I will, you know, I'll jump in on the bandwagon too because I want to be part of the party. I want to complain. I want (laughs) to complain about the weather. But sometimes I'll just be quiet. because I'm like, you know, I'm so tired of this. And so I'm just quiet and I'm like, well, I could say something positive, but you know, if I do, I'm just going to, I'm going to seem like really, really, you know, Polly, Pollyanna or Patty plastic or like, you know, (laughs) sunny Sally, like, you know, just can't, you know, be with the rest of people. I'm going to come across really phony. And so I don't, you know, Kim. I'm just confessing right now to you, dear Jesus. Kim, I'm confessing to you, Kim. That sometimes <laughs> I, I don't change the conversation. I'm just like, well, whatever, and I, I just want to leave. Um, so I'm not sure how you help. It's me hard.
3: It, it's really hard to change the conversation because you are going against the social norm. You're Mm -hmm. going against society and people do think something's wrong with you. They do think, I mean, you, you use the word Pollyanna and I use that one all the time. They think that you're just too Pollyanna or you're just super spiritual and that now you're unrelatable. Um, Mm -hmm. and it, it's, as you do that, it's helping people as you step in and say, well, let's think about that for a second. Let's draw our attention to the reality of what we're really doing here, um, because this is damaging to us. And I'm not saying that I've got it perfect, but if we keep doing this, this is what's going to happen. Uh, and not just, you know, throwing out those fingers. Cause we can be really good at throwing out those one line things that smack people in the face, you know, like a nasty fish, but that right. is so startling that they get offended and then they don't listen to anything that we say, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, if I'm trying to redirect the conversation, I will say, listen, I know how you feel. Um, or I can totally see your point of view. I know why you're saying what you're saying. However, if if I keep going down that road and I just put all the onus on me, then this is what's gonna happen to me. And I just can't mm. go there anymore. I can't mm. live there anymore. That's mm. that's the best way at this point that I have found to try to navigate through that. Now not everybody accepts that. I still get yeah. oh, well, aren't you just
1: you know
5: yeah. supervising <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm looking those, a,
5: com- um,
1: those did comments. It, did it affect and change your relationship with your husband when you all stopped um being so harsh with the tongue at that point? And not that you all were before, but um, you know, did it did it start to uh, bring more love and affection into your personal relationship with your husband?
3: Well, let me say that before all of this, um I, I had established early in our marriage the importance of being his biggest fan and talking positively about him, whether he and I were face to face or yeah. I was, you know, with somebody else and he wasn't around. I had been very intentional never to criticize him uh, um, and uh... had stuck to that. But here's how it did change our relationship we thought that each other was off limits in the sense. So you look at the scripture that says, do everything without complaining, which means I can't hang out with my girlfriends and complain. Uh, Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, talk to my siblings or my cousins or, you know, my other people and complain, but Bill is off limits. So I can say anything to him and I can gripe, I can criticize, I can grumble, I can whine, I can moan. And and that scripture does not apply to this relationship. And when we begin to realize that when Holy Spirit said everything, He actually meant everything, um, and that verse, that truth applied to our relationship, well, then it changed the conversations in general that we had. And so Mm -hmm. we... The tone, the tone of our conversations would change. So we weren't, not that we ever just sat down and chewed anybody to pieces. We didn't do that. But right. it changed, it it, it made us more intentional to look at good things about people and talk about those good things instead of nitpicking on things that we wish that they would change or do differently. And that changed the way we approached other people together. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Well, uh, we are getting towards the end of this show, but I want to let everybody know that this this conversation is not over. Sherry and I still have a lot of complaining to do about each other. uh, I don't want anybody to leave. Uh, but a couple of verses Kim. that, um, come to mind. And we're also in your book. So um, I really could be an author too, I think at this point, Um, (laughs) James three, five and six, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it carries great power. And I think when I think about myself, we asked each other this morning, if we each thought we had a a complaining spirit. And we all Mm -hmm. of course said no. But when I really look at it, I think I have probably a critical, uh, maybe not a critical spirit, but a critical t- tongue that I try and mm-hmm. mask with humor. And so you kind of shot me between the eyes on that one. Who, mm. who would have thought that criticism is complaining? I thought it was just telling the mere truth. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Perspective is everything, isn't it?
1: Uh-huh. it yeah, it really is. But I love also Proverbs eighteen thirty one. Our words can bring good or bad, life or death to others. Boy, if that isn't the truth, because I know I've been hurt by a number of people through their words or their criticism. And um, I'd rather have you punch me in the throat.
4: Yeah.
2: You know. <laughs> okay, that, yeah. that's what we'll do no. next time. <laughs> All right, yeah. Just punch <laughs> you, in the throat. you
3: know, I, I get that because, um, you know, My number one love language is words. And Mm so words Mm -hmm. impact me so deeply, um, Mm -hmm. more deeply than anything else. So if they're they're kind words, I just feel so loved. If they're not Mm -hmm. kind words, then I feel that so deep that even Mm -hmm. if you didn't mean it um, Mm -hmm. in a negative way, I feel it in a negative way. Mm And I totally. think that the verse that, you know, life and death is in the power of the tongue um, is, is just, I mean, uh, of course it's truth um, because it's the word of God. But it's so much more true than what we realize.
5: Mm-hmm. And words
3: do, uh, you know, that's one of the things we say in the book is that words uh, leave an impact that just reverberates through the soul. They do. not okay, we'll they be don't back just in
1: just back- a second. We'll be back right after this commercial.
0: Because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriendit, It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.
6: Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, Passion and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at com or by calling 903 287 0747. Congratulations on getting your book published! The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at Toginet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching to military resources to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. Get started on your next step. Call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O dot com.
0: All things Girlfriend Share. Welcome to Girlfriend It!, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? Debbie
1: welcome back welcome back okay welcome back we still are here with Kim Wall and we've got so so much to talk about um, and so much to complain about still I mean we can't we take the complaining challenge yet so we're not in that spirit yet but we're working on it but um, Steph, we were talking about something this morning also that you wanted to ask him about
4: oh yeah well you know chapter 4 really stood out because I'm not a fan of onions anyways, (laughs) so I'm always using it as an opportunity to, you know, you peel a layer off and then you have another layer that you have to peel to get down. You just keep peeling and peeling, you know, it's just, you never get to the core, but I was just wondering, you use it, um, as to, uh, opinions relating to how unhealthy opinions can be. Can you elaborate on that a little bit for us? Sure.
3: Um. We we took the chapter title from that old saying that, you know, opinions are like onions. There are a lot of layers, and they usually make you cry. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is the honest to goodness truth. But what did we mean by that is that often um, our opinions are, they don't flavor something. uh, They usually taint something. So if you don't like onions, you totally are going to relate to that idea. But our opinions are usually nothing more than a complaint or a criticism in disguise. Mm -hmm. And so the only reason we usually have some of the opinions that we have is because we didn't like what we saw or what we heard. And they're Mm -hmm. just an expression of our uh, criticism that's not necessarily based on facts, but it's shaped by our preferences. And so we form that opinion because we are dissatisfied with something so we're really just complaining about it so opinions are fine if you're talking about you know ice cream which obviously i love because this is the second (laughs) time i've referenced it but you know chocolate is better than vanilla any day of the week it is there's no big that's right so it's no big deal to have an opinion about that but often we have opinions about everything about things that we're not even involved in about mm. things that really don't affect us whatsoever. Um, we just have them because it is a way to complain or criticize people um, in disguise.
6: You know, in mm. Proverbs
3: eighteen two two says um, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions.
5: Mm-hmm. So if know, I we so are to that,
4: just, I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that's so interesting because as I'm sitting here listening to you, um, I, I have challenged myself unknowingly to the fact that when I am listening to someone else share something that I don't agree with, I'm like, "Christette, it's keep your opinion to yourself. Just listen to what they Mm -hmm. have to say because Mm -hmm. it doesn't always lead down a good path, you know, and it's my opinion. And does it really matter in the conversation? It doesn't always matter. So is that kind of where you're going with that or how else can we learn?
3: Absolutely. I think that's absolutely true. Um, because that's one of the reasons why we have such breakdowns in communication um, in society in general um, and in, on one-on-one is because you're expressing your opinion, which is different from my opinion. So now I'm offended by your opinion, and yes. we are at odds now over something that really does not have eternal value and significance over that. Not yeah. to mention we're just creating a mindset that makes way for more criticism. Um, especially when we're viewing opinions on how somebody should mow their lawn or how they ought to be spending their money or, you know, how they should have dressed or I would have never put those shoes with that outfit, you know, that (laughs) kind of thing. (laughs) That's the kind of stuff we do. And it feels so innocent, you know, but really what we're doing is laying this groundwork and cultivating a mindset that uh, just criticizes, which, you know, we've just spent the last several minutes really digging into that idea of, you know, what criticism really is. And and that's not what God designed us to do. And it's oh. hard for me to bless you with my words, if I'm critical of you internally, uh, mm. because I've got an opinion about you.
5: Right.
1: And I love the practical application you used in your book about just in everyday life with our children um, you know, mom, look what I did. Oh, well, I wish you had done it a different way, or you could have yeah. done it a different way, which seems so innocent as a mother or as a wife, cause you do it all the time. Uh, look, I took the trash out. Oh, well, you know, did you take the pink can or did you take the black one? What, you know, and I thought that was so interesting that opinion is complaining also because as a mom, we are never to crush the spirit of our kids. We need to crush the will and I wonder how many times we do that to our, our husbands also without mm-hmm. knowing, without meaning to. But here's something interesting. Sherry and I both have the same sign in our house, and it's, I'm not bossy. I'm just being helpful. Is that the same thing?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love
2: that sign. I might need that sign. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll send one to you too, Kim. so You can be bossy like us. <laughs> Um, I've heard that my whole
3: life. So it might be a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it might Um, be a thing. Go ahead. I I think it kind of depends on, go ahead. You go ahead.
1: Well, I was just saying that, you know, with the practical application, I think that's because when when I look at the complaining challenge, it seems so far out there for me right now do you feel that mm-hmm. way in the beginning? Like, okay,
3: there is no possible way I can do this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, when we very first went into it, when I was discussing it with the discipleship group, I really did think I'm not that I'm really not that negative. Um, and I don't feel mm-hmm. like I'm much of a complainer and we just had all these months of conversation. And so I think, I think this is going to be great. And the further I got into it, the more I realized I have a, I have a bigger problem with this than I thought I did. And it goes mm-hmm. deeper than I thought that it would. And I started to feel overwhelmed. And that's part of the reason why in the, the, in the challenge that's in the book, every day just focuses on one aspect. And the purpose is not to get through the challenge and tackle the whole thing and defeat it. Because that's just not going to happen in seven days. And coming to terms with that and being okay with that is really uh, instrumental in being successful in it. The purpose of the challenge is to bring awareness. And it's a conversation starter with Holy Spirit. You know, so, okay, so, yeah, you just brought this to the surface. I noticed this because today I'm looking at being uh, complaining about myself about those internal words of criticism that are directed to me. So I'm not looking at anything else but that one thing this day. And then at the end of the day, during the reflection, you, you realize with, you know, the light of Holy Spirit on that, okay, wow, here's what I did. And so how, how do I need to approach this? What do you want me to do with this? How can I begin to change that? And then he gives you the plan on how to walk out of that. And, you know, We started this in 2017, so we are three and a half years into it, and I am not going to tell you that I am perfect at it, and I Mm. still have my moments when it, you know, leaks out of my mouth or catches me off guard, Um, but I have set up people in my life that give me permission. I've given them permission to point that out, and so it's understanding it's this journey. It's this process because I have spent X amount of years living this way. It Mm. will take me longer than one week it will take me longer than one year to walk out of some of this stuff but there's Mm. ever-expanding freedom in the process um which just entices me to keep going and keep going because i like the way that freedom takes so i want more of it
2: Mm. you know uh, kim in the book you talk about philippians 2 14 to do everything without grumbling and complaining and Um, you know, what do you do with negative thoughts? I mean, that's really nice to say, like, okay, you know, you can't complain, but uh, like, honestly, with negative emotions, I need to vent or share, I need to share in the name of Jesus, I need to share with someone. Uh, What's the difference between venting and maybe just processing? Uh, Because, you know, it's, re- it's real life, you've got, you know, you've got relationships, you've got, things are messy, it's not all tied up in a pretty bow, I've got to vent and process to figure out what I'm going to do, can you um, help, uh, help me understand the difference between venting and processing and complaining, or maybe I just need some serious therapy, maybe that's it. Um, <laughs> yeah, what, 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 what's your thoughts on that, Kim? <laughs>
3: well, I, I look at venting, um as nothing more than emotional vomiting. You just want to just blit and just uh, get it out. uh, And it's super unhealthy, you know. And the reason why venting is unhealthy is because it just keeps you living on repeat. You uh, talk about the same thing over and over again. You might throw in a new episode, you know, in the saga from time to time. You'll never believe what they said now. You won't, you know, you can't imagine what they did. But but the whole thing is just keeps you focused on the negative and you're trapped and you're just spinning your wheels and you're not getting anywhere. Processing actually has a purpose
5: Hmm. and the
3: purpose Hmm. is to move forward and to find resolution and to gain clarity. And you know the difference between the two when you stop and ask yourself this question, what is my motive?
5: Hmm. Why
3: am I telling this person about this? What am I actually looking to accomplish by telling them about this? Mm. So, you know, if the answer is, I just want somebody to agree with me or sympathize with me or validate me, well, then you're just venting because you want to say what you're going to say. You want them to affirm you, pat you on the back, tell you how right you are, and then you're done. But if you want to process, then you're open to them honestly speaking into your situation and giving you valid feedback that could help you see what you may have missed. Mm. And to point out where you could possibly be wrong and you've misunderstood or you've given them permission to say, I think you need some help here. I think you need to work on this. So it's it's positioning yourself as being teachable and ready for that person to give you insight and perspective. But I think that that the best processing actually starts with Jesus. Because Psalm 142 two two says, I pour out my complaints before him. And I tell him all of my troubles. It's just pouring everything out to him and then stopping to listen. Because if I don't take the time to listen, then I've just emotionally vomited all over Jesus. And nothing Mm -hmm. is actually going to be accomplished. But when I stop and listen, then he gives wisdom and guidance and direction and peace and, you know, whatever else that I might need. All that comes through dialogue and conversation with him. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you still need to process with a human, I think that's totally okay. Um, But be very wise about who you're going to process with. Because if Mm -hmm. you've got marriage troubles, you don't want to process with someone who complains about their spouse all the time. That's not going to help you. You need to process with someone who's very healthy in the area that you're struggling in. And Mm -hmm. and so that they can look at your situation um, from a healthy perspective And hold you accountable, you know, to what truth is and and pray with you about that and help you find your scripture to support you and encourage you. Yeah, you
4: know what I'm hearing, I think a lot, so I hope I'm following you well, is um, turning to Jesus first. And so, and I, I think the common thread is noticing him. And using him as your sounding board before we go outside <laughs> of that, because he can answer a lot of our questions and kind of calm that spirit down. I know that if I do that, I I do it with journaling because it just it feels better to get whatever it is out and you reread it and then you kind of can see the ugliness of it yeah. and mm. you know you go back and like confess like oh gosh that was an ugly heart Lord thank you you know for letting me just share it with you where do I go from here and then. I know that, you know, the girlfriends here are great, safe women that I know I have felt safe to go to and process with after having Mm -hmm. those complaining moments because we want we want to be better. We are we want to be teachable. And Mm -hmm. um, but I know we have our weak moments. Um, Do you what do you think about journaling? Is that something that uh, you recommend and have found to be successful in this kind of area?
3: Absolutely. I think journaling is very important. it, it's a way to get what's in your head out um, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of do both you know I will just write things down um, anything from just writing out my prayers to um, writing out what's going on in my head and then sometimes I feel really lazy and I just don't I don't write it I just talk it and just you know get it all out and I think that you are so right about when you start with Jesus something, Um, in his presence, it just becomes a non-issue. You're standing before him and you're telling him this thing that feels so monumental, but in his magnificence, you realize, okay, really, in light of eternity, this is actually nothing. And, And then he helps you let that go. And sometimes the letting go is the writing down for me of just releasing that and determining this is not an issue. This is not what I thought it was. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can trust him with it. And so I'm just getting rid of it by writing it down. So I love journaling. Mm -hmm. You
2: know, Kim, I'm fascinated also in the book. You talk about the neuroscience Mm
3: -hmm.
2: of complaining and your brain. Can you just um, share a little bit more about that? That's so fascinating to me. Um, Absolutely. And I will tell
3: you that that was very fascinating to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it. And in in that section, we talk a lot about um, neuroplasticity, and that is the scientific term that describes your brain's ability to reshape and reorganize itself. That means mm. that the brain is malleable and it has the ability to change. So that's how we learn things and we develop skills is um, through neuroplasticity. So by practicing something over and over and over again. Um, you're creating or imprinting neural pathways in your brain, or in essence, you're creating bridges, making it much easier for you to repeat those same thoughts or actions um, or, or repeat those same thoughts and then step into the actions that are associated with those thoughts. So that's how you become very skilled at something. And then you're able to do something without really even thinking about it. So think about how you use a fork. You don't really think about that. When you first were learning how to use a fork, it was awkward and complicated, but the mm-hmm. more you did it over the course of time, now you can do several things while you choose a fork very successfully, um, and you don't even have to think about it. Well, the same thing is true for absolutely everything else in your life. So when you complain, the neurons in your brain notice a pattern, and they begin to branch out to each other to ease the flow of information. And every Mm. time you complain, those neurons get closer and closer together, connecting to build a permanent bridge, linking each complaining thought together for fluidity and simplicity. And these bridges connect certain areas of the brain together, associating negativity with specific parts of your life. And so if you complain about your husband all the time, now your brain associates negativity with your marriage and Mm. with your husband. And so then you're going to find, well, they can't do very many things right. And it's hard for you to see their amazing qualities because your brain automatically associates negativity um, with your husband. Mm. And every time you complain, you're just strengthening that bridge and securing that connection. So in essence, complaining is rewiring your brain so that it makes it more easy for you to complain and, and makes you and it enables you to more efficiently complain and wow. it makes it, it reorganizes your brain making it uh making future complaining more likely mm. that is that's so so unbelievably fascinating to me fascinating
1: um, i mean it really is and it's um wow i mean uh it applies to every area of our life mm-hmm. and i also want to know do you feel like because this is a, this goes along with that thought is We are probably our worst critics, so we are always Mm -hmm. criticizing ourselves, you know, subconsciously, not to other people. But um, I'm just wondering, is our brain, you know, the same thing, our brain, we're telling our brain what to believe. Dr. Phil used to say, if somebody's trying to tell, well, people are trying to tell you who they are, believe them. And now are we doing the same thing to ourselves? I'm trying to, my myself is trying to believe the horrible things I say about
3: myself. Absolutely. You do believe the horrible things that you say about yourself, even if they're not true. Um, Mm. And that's why what, you know, your self-talk is super important because we need to say the things about us that Jesus is saying about us. And Mm. Jesus is not criticizing us. He is not condemning us. He does not complain about us. He is not pointing out our flaws. And he Mm -hmm. does not look at us as a hopeless situation. But that is how we often talk to ourselves about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, We never, we never, and and I'm not necessarily all about the whole self-love thing, but Mm -hmm. I am about loving ourselves because he loves me. And so if Mm -hmm. I'm going to be like him, then I have to do what he does and I have to say what he says. And I need to see through his eyes and hear through his ears. And that is, Reality, that truth applies to me mm-hmm. just as much as it does to anybody else, because he told us, Jesus very plainly told us, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I don't treat myself well, if I don't speak to myself well, then I'm not going to be able to treat others well and speak about them well. I'm going to use the same measuring stick on them that I've been using on myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And Teddy Roosevelt said, complaining about
1: a problem without proposing a solution is really just called whining. (laughs) I agree with that. I I just love that. Complaining also keeps us from taking action. So it will give excuses to procrastination and keep people from achieving goals because they'd rather complain about it than to find a solution.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. good. Kim did you even even with the so the speaking the words etc I'm thinking you even go as far as to like you know taking every thought captive I know I can kind of do okay with like the words thing but my thoughts boy my thoughts can be really critical so mm-hmm. with the complaining fast I'm assuming you'll you're, you're you're capturing every thought and obedience to Christ and you're wanting to capture every complaining negative thought as well
3: mm-hmm. that that is very true that's part of the, the process of, of learning how to walk this type of life is if, if you don't take your thoughts captive if you let them run rampant then anything is going to come out of your mouth because your thoughts form your words and your words determine your actions so mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. it all has to start and if our thoughts are not partnering with God so that's part of the conversation process with him is You know, Lord, let me see with your eyes and hear with your ears and feel with your heart. Um, That starts in the mind. So I'm partnering with him by aligning my thoughts with his. If I am not partnering with him, well, then who am I partnering with? That's going to be the enemy. Hmm. So I don't want to partner with him because the consequences of that are devastating. And He's going to build strongholds in my mind through partnership with me if I continue to think negative, but I can tear down those strongholds when I start to take every single thought captive and bring it to the submission of Jesus Christ. So if I'm not sure about the source of a thought, then I immediately need to take that and say, Jesus, I found this rumbling around in my head. What is it? Who is it? Where did this come from? Because sometimes it's disguised so well that it's hard for you to identify, you know, just on the surface. And that's what that means, is you're bringing those thoughts to submission to him, and you're letting him make the judgment on whether or not it should or shouldn't be in your mind. And Mm -hmm. then when he says, no, that didn't come from me, that's not who I am, that doesn't sound like me, then Mm -hmm. I choose to take authority over that and cast it aside. And then here, to me, this is the most critical part. Okay, then, Jesus, you give me your thought to replace the one I just got rid of. Mm. What are you saying about this? What's your heart on this? That makes all the difference. And then that's what I spend my time meditating on is what his thought is about that.
5: Right. Mm. I love
1: that. To get started
3: with the challenge,
1: you suggest that we pray up obviously because otherwise this challenge is going to overwhelm us um Mm -hmm. you also say that we should understand that this will be a process it's not something that's going to happen overnight and you also say to travel very slowly and that's why i love that you are doing this one day at a time and not to skip ahead really quick we've got three minutes left in the show would you tell us number one where we can find the complaining challenge, and number two, if you will give us the highlights of each day, uh, the day one through seven, so we know what we could expect. Sure.
3: Um, Well, let me just uh, really quickly uh, uh, pull that up so I can be sure and I repeat it correctly because sometimes I get them in the wrong order (laughs) and um, I don't want to do that. So every day we focus on a different thing. In day one, we're going to inspect our thoughts to discover how unforgiveness can influence them. On day two, we're going to take our thoughts captive through surrender and submission. On day three, we're going to trash the autopilot. Mm -hmm. On day four, we're going to inspect our thoughts, our attitudes, and our words for opinion. On day Mm -hmm. five, we're going to inspect for self-criticism. Day six, we're going to look for the gold in others. And in day seven, we're going to practice thankfulness. And we do encourage you to go super slow through this. So for Mm -hmm. me, day one is actually week one. And I spend Mm -hmm. a week inspecting thoughts to discover how unforgiveness can influence others. And so actually this becomes a seven week challenge for me. But if you wanted to do, you know, in a, in a seven day period, then you certainly can do that. Um, and then you can get the book. We have it, um, in print. We have it in uh, the ebook on Kindle and we have it on Audible. And you can get those at our website one step closer dot life. And yes, I did say life. one step closer dot life.
1: Okay. Well, we will have that on our um, Facebook page, our Instagram page. We've got one minute left. couple of takeaways from today. Uh, Kim, you are a delight. Um, think before you speak. Uh, mm-hmm. Lift people up and not just be like uh, Sherry said. Patty Plastic, not just be surface nice. uh, Really think and take your thoughts captive each time. Uh, There's, uh, unforgiveness is also complaining, which that blew me away. But Mm. we will have more information on this. We encourage you to take the complaining challenge. I'm not sure that I want to take it because I'm a little afraid of what I'm going to find out about myself, but um, I hope you all have enjoyed our show today, Kim, thank you again so much. And we look forward to seeing you again uh,
2: on, soon. It on Apple Podcasts. Go out there, and give us a review. Remember, tag your it. Go out there and make it a great day and find your it.
0: Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It, because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.